okay, people, Brad Pitt's face and sitting on top of it, in and out burger and the sweet, sweet taste of freedom. Mm. Mm. You thought animal style, was it? No. And an angry Twitter mob person in carpal tunnel. I mean, can you think of a better match made in heaven than any of the aforementioned combos? Well, if you did, you thought wrong because I have one for you today. Yes, brace yourselves because today you are going to meet the love child of Cancel Me Baby and the We Gotta Talk podcast. Oh yes. So today we have the host of the, we got to talk podcast. She is a 15 year TV vet. Okay. She is Emmy nominated AP news award winning journalist. Her show like this is about real talk, big topics. Yes. I know. I know Brad Pitt's face doesn't hold a candle to this. Okay. Everybody help me in welcoming the Sunny Abada. Hi, oh Sunny. Taylor, first of all, love you for saying my last name, right? Like nobody gets it. I say my last name 15,000 times a day and people are like Sunny Abada. I'm like, no. So thank you. And thank you for having me. I have also been a fan of your work for quite some time. I discovered you on NPR and I'm just, I'm thrilled to be a guest. Well, I'm so excited because we both, I respect the hell out of you because we both are not afraid, like in a world of fluff pieces, you know, Sunny, we are not afraid to get into it. And so without further ado, without further ado, we're just going to hop right in. Okay. And you guys, this is why I respect Sunny so much because she does. She really gets into all kinds of controversial topics on her show. And I put up a really savage meme the other day because Sunny, I'm sure you've seen this. All of these quote lifestyle podcasts have the audacity to call themselves like bold and unfiltered. And I'm like, if I see one more (laughs) former Hills star have the balls to call their podcast bold, I'm going to lose it. So yours actually is, (laughs) I'm so excited. I respect it. They're all like, nothing is off limits. I'm like, okay, you've been paid $30,000 in episodes since you were like 18. I think it's wonderful. It's probably like very bold from where they come from, but yes, totally not in the real world, any of them. It's okay, guys. We're down here, like, no, exactly. Like we're down here in the trenches actually doing it. So speaking of, I'm going to kick this off, Sunny, because I've followed your work too. And what really got my attention is this hilarious reel, Instagram reel that you did. And it talked about how progressives and liberals lose their shit with somebody who doesn't agree with them. I've watched it like a hundred times. So you, and you say in the caption, fellow progressives, can we not? So can we not? As, yes. Yeah. Can we not? So talk like what is going on? Cause on my show, obviously my background in entertainment and red carpet reporting, I come at this from an entertainment point of view. So from your vantage point, like what the hell is going on? Well, I guess I should start by saying I identify as a very progressive, socially liberal person. Um, okay. I'm very open about this on the podcast. I'm friends with and love many people who are conservative, which to me 10 years ago, before moving to a place that was like mixed politically, because I come from Pittsburgh, it was at least when I was growing up, a lot of blue collar, a lot of, it was just a very democratic place to be like Pennsylvania is a battleground state in every election because it's such a blend of both parties. Anyway, um, I come from, you know, working class, true Democrat, true blue people. They came down to Florida. I'm like, what the fuck is this? People like George Bush down here. Like, so anyway, I had a personal evolution being around people that initially really triggered me. Right. Um, because I was like, how can you believe this? How can you be, you know, whatever, pro, pro gun, I, all of these things. But I really experienced when I, when I took the time to listen to their point of view, be respectful, even in some cases, understand some of the nuance of their argument. And even in some cases agree with it. I didn't necessarily always land up on their side, but it made me such a more, it, it just made me a more peaceful person. I didn't feel like I was constantly needing to prove myself and good people can be conservative. Good people can believe different things than you. You don't know everything. I don't know everything. And I really think we get into a spiritual kind of deadlock when we begin to think that the way we look at the world is the best way. It's just not always the case. You know, there's some black and white issues, but usually a person's experience and and beliefs are informed by their experiences. So just shut up and listen. Like not everyone who disagrees with you is a bad person. You know, 
I also, when you said shut up and listen, do you remember the princess diaries? Because that was the friend's show in the princess diaries, like ahead of her time. But you know, I'm not politically tied to either party, but what I often talk about is the hypocrisy and like, help me get in the mind of the people you're talking about. Because to me, the, that, you know, the left side is all so like the roles have just reversed where they're the ones who are supposed to be about like different ideas brought to the table and let's live our lives and have crazy sex parties and do whatever the hell we want and now right. it's like it's reversed so oh yeah help me get in that mindset because I saw the I don't know if you saw this but it was uh, incredible but Barry Weiss yeah oh my god huge bar- oh my god I'm a, a Barry Weiss substack fucking stan love her yes. trying to get her on my podcast I'm like Barry I will clean your house for three weeks straight. No, come out of my podcast. Love her. I will be your butler. I will serve you potato (laughs) chips. Don't even care. But for those of you who don't know, I talk about her on my show all the time, like hardcore Stan, um, like Sunny. And she left the New York Times because everything got so woke. And she was like, can I have a thought for crying out loud? So she went toe to toe with the CNN anchor, Brian Stelter. And Mm -hmm. he, this is like the mindset I'm trying to wrap my head around, right? Because he says, well, what do you mean? We, you know, we can't talk about anything. Right. And she's like, well, okay. If, if you acknowledge that there are two different sexes, if you acknowledge rioting is bad and so on and so forth, you are, you have to apologize. You're removed from your job. You get a slap on the wrist. Right. So it's like, we don't really have this freedom of thought, but on the Brian Selter side, he's like, well, yeah, you do. You can say whatever you want. So how are they thinking we can say whatever we want. Like, help me understand. Well, it was a real, it was a real pain point for me because like I said, I self-identified for so long. And I mean, you still here in Florida in order to vote in a primary have to be party affiliated. So I still technically am affiliated with a party to vote, but it was really a slap in the face when someone really close to me was like, you're from the party that claims to love and accept everyone. You literally can't stop like sweating from every pore when I present you with an argument that you disagree with. And I was like, Oh my God, you're right. Like I need to not be a hypocrite. I don't know why it's challenging now. Now on the West coast and you're so much more entrenched. And when we get on my podcast, I cannot wait to dig into this. Um, you're in, you know, woke-topia over there, which is, here's the ironic thing. A lot of the things like that are at the forefront of that movement I genuinely support, but give me a fucking break. You can't cancel me. If I say for one portion of an argument, maybe burning down an entire city in, in a, the third week of a riot is a bad thing. Like not, you don't deserve to be canceled for, for presenting an opposing thought. And I think the danger is um, people being scared to be branded a certain way. And it could only be one thing they say out of a thousand other things, but there's a mob of online trolls that are going to dig through everything you've ever said and really just try to get rid of you forever. So people become scared. They become paralyzed. They become puppets of what everyone else is saying in an effort for survival. And I think it's awful. And really, like I said, like this was born out of that personal evolution for me of like really having a face that if I considered myself to be open-minded, I should be able to have conversations. And not only that, have meaningful relate. I have meaningful, loving relationships with a lot of people I don't identify with politically. It's okay. I sleep well at night. They're fucking good people. I'm a good person. It does not have to be you are this or you are that. And one is good and one is bad. It's just so hypocritical and sad yeah. to me that they don't see it because on the surface, I I think to myself, I get it. They want X group to be represented. They want X mm-hmm. group to be respected. They want this and that. But I'm like, the way you people are going about this is the straight up Hunger Games. And I'm terrified. Like, yeah. is this the way? What don't you see that this is so unproductive and forcing people to do and say certain things is exactly the opposite of what you're trying to do? I don't get how they don't see that. Yeah, it's it's really frustrating. And having been in the news space for so long, it's interesting because I worked at O&O companies. So my first job when I was anchoring and reporting in Pittsburgh was a CBS owned and affiliated company, which tends to lean left in its stuff. When I moved to Orlando, the affiliate that I worked for was Fox, which leaned super right. So here I am like interviewing Mitt Romney, interviewing Paul Ryan, in other cases, interviewing people that, that were democratically affiliated. And re- I interview people on topics uh, that I literally was just like, like I said, like sweating because I did not agree personally with the things they were saying, but having 
to be forced to work through that emotion, my attachment to the issue, to really try to understand made me grow. And that I search out triggering things now. I'm like an adrenaline junkie because I, I feel growth through being challenged. So I either end up even more firmly, not firmly entrenched, but you know, feeling justified in my belief, or I maybe move a little in another direction and understand it from another point of view. I just don't think life is black and white. And I think anybody who says it is fucking wrong. And you actually practice what you preach because you guys before Sunny and I hopped on, I emailed her a couple of topics that we're going to get into today. One of them being the whole Dave Chappelle thing, which listeners of my show know how I feel. I did a whole episode on it. And Sunny, you were so hilarious. You were like, I am breaking out in hives, sweating through every pore, but let's <laughs> fucking do this. And you do, and you really tackle it head on. But also isn't that in and of itself, something to be said about this whole culture that's being created? Like I am sweating profusely rocking in fetal position to even talk about this. And that's so sad. It, I don't know how you do this every week. I really don't. Like my show tends to be like, we'll, we'll tackle a hot button topic, but it's like kind of through the lens of the guest. Like I give you a lot of credit and a lot of people who are out there sharing their opinions, credit, whatever side they're on, because it is really hard to exist online these days without being yes. attacked from every angle. So hats off to you, my friend. I well, thank you. And I shared this reel on Instagram yesterday. It was so hilarious. And it was this girl like acting all like a badass, you know, responding to a mean Gen Zer. And in reality, you're shaking profusely. I'm like, that is my life. That is my self portrait. Like, do you get a lot you know, of that? Like on social media, do you get like nasty? No, no. But I, I also don't, I know better than to get involved with Twitter and or TikTok. I'm like, no, thank you. These people would be so triggered by anything I had to say. So I keep it to Instagram. I keep it to streaming the show, you know, yeah, okay, Spotify, yeah. all that because you we're, 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 the, we're the sane ones over here. Yeah, no, yeah. You gotta, yeah. Go yeah. with your, go with your, uh, your strong suits. So, okay. We're going to segue into Chappelle because I don't know if you saw this, but yesterday there was a huge walkout in, of course, in Hollywood, they would at Netflix. I think about a hundred employees boycotting or protesting, um, this whole thing. Now the issue, and I said this on my show, but the issue that I have with this entire thing is number one, if we can't make a joke about any said group of people, like I've said this as a Jew, as a woman, you name it. I think it actually calls, causes more resentment toward that group because it's like, can we not even joke about them or make a comment, right? In this case of Dave Chappelle, it's the trans community. My other thought on this is that anybody who is, you know, causing such a riot over this missed the point of the special in my mind. I mean, mm. the whole thing was an ode to his trans friend, her sense of comedy, her tendency to go against the grain and that she actually was bullied by her own, by trans people, you know, for supporting Dave Chappelle. He, she even said, he never disrespected me. I mean, think mm -hmm. about that. He never disrespected me. He never treated me less than, but her own group actually did that, treated her less than, bullied her relentlessly for sticking with him. And then she ends up you know, committing suicide a few days later. So yeah. in my mind, I'm like, th these people miss the entire point. Mm -hmm. When you see this, the walkout, you know, at Netflix, what was your reaction? Oh, okay. This is very later. I'm going to start this by adding a bunch of asterisks because this is, I feel like the most constructive way to get at this. So we're having this conversation as white cisgender, I'm straight. I think, are you straight? I mean, we're majority in many ways, people, right? There's a lot of privilege attached from my perspective. I'm going to address that right off the bat. Now, removing all of my indicators from that, because I don't like to, I don't want to be defined by the perception of me. And this is a separate argument. Like it really fucking annoys me when people are like, they think they know your whole sto life story based on how you present to the world. That's a separate yes. argument, but we do have to acknowledge the privilege there. So, right. Like I'm coming into this as a straight person who's not experienced a lot of the trauma that that community has. If you're asking me as a consumer of comedy, I'm okay with comedy. that really touches anything. So like, uh, yes. do I watch things that are derogatory about Italian people and, you know, knowing the discrimination that my immigrant grandparents faced, like for, do, no, I'm still not offended by it. But I also personally don't live in a world where daily I get treated differently or in a discriminatory way because of how I identify. I, I thought 
he was brave to stand in his beliefs about it. I don't think he said anything negative about the trans community. I think he made jokes that just made a lot of people fear that they would be harmed. Looking at the word harm, this is a Gen Z thing too, right? Like your words don't cause me harm. I've been bullied so much. Me words, too. No, Sticks yeah, and like, stones. Sticks right? and stones. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah. again, can I handle it? I can handle it. Like I've gotten death threats and told to kill myself on social media before. And I'm okay. Now I have a loving, supporting family and a whole structure of how I was raised with tremendous support that allows me to be okay internally. Um, I just don't think to me words cause harm. So therefore, as as I'm watching that show, I'm seeing it as, wow, okay, um, this is one person's experience with this community and with one person in that community. And he he almost presented it in a way that personalized it a little bit, right? Um, God, so what do I think about the walkout? I think if you're a person who thinks words harm people, and as we mentioned Barry Weiss before, she has a great sort of several segments on her podcast recently that dig into, and Blocked and Reported is another one where they joke about do words really cause harm? So go check those podcasts out too, for sure. Um, to me, as a person who who has not experienced the harm of a ton of language, I, I was like, Ugh. I, I don't know. I, I just didn't look at it. I was like, as a, as a huge affront in any way. I, I looked at him as making fun of literally over the course of his career, literally every subset of people, white people, black people, Asian people, uh, the LGBTQ plus community. Like he's really tackled every minority group that, or majority group. So I don't know, I guess it didn't jump off the page to me initially as being quote, harmful in any way, you know? But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to look at it through the perspective of those people who were employees at Netflix. I never asked my employers to believe what I believe. In fact, I've worked for employers whose beliefs made my fucking skin crawl. I was likely sexually harassed multiple times at work. Um, and I never asked my company to represent me as an individual. I, it's not a requirement for me. This whole conscious employer movement to me is just, it's unrealistic, right? So when I look at it like that, I'm like, as a person who doesn't require my employer to line up with me in every way, I was kind of like, okay, why? So you're saying when you were harassed, sexually harassed, arguably, you're saying you didn't, did you take it into your own hands and you didn't be like, no, okay, I rally didn't everybody. Oh, you didn't do anything. I was going to say, cause did you not rally everyone to be like, come on guys. Like no, I'm I didn't, I'm not even, kind of thing. right. Exactly. And I probably should, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't horrible, but I hate to say that. Right. I mean, isn't that gross? That is when we have to like qualify the sexual things that were said to us or how we were grabbed or roped. Like, Oh, it wasn't that bad. I wasn't raped. I mean, but it was fucking it, your it battle. Was, yeah. I like wouldn't want my daughter to be talked to like that anyhow. Um, so maybe that's a weak ass position to take because I was a quote unquote victim at times and never did anything because to me, um, this is awful to say, God, I hope my daughter never says this, but because to me, it was small enough that I was like, this person is going to be out of here in X number of years. Anyway, I'm just gonna keep my head down and get on with it. I don't know if that's right. No, I just listen, I've dealt with similar things. And that yeah. is something I talk about on the show a lot, which is kind of, I mean, is it the weaker position? I don't really know. Is it kind of like pick your battles kind of thing and it is. bring and it, you know, it's like, are some things worth it? It's not that we're weak. It's not that we're, you know, small-minded or submissive or anything like that. But sometimes you got to just let things go. Like sometimes you got to just let things roll, you know? Yeah. It's a, mean, that's like a hard truth people can't hear these days. Right. And it kind of ties it, into this whole culture, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's, it's like, not that I would ever want anybody to accept behavior that makes them uncomfortable. I guess what I'm getting at is that it didn't make me feel appreciably threatened. So right, I didn't right, right, right. pursue it. It was uh, minute enough in the scope of my right. experience with other people that, you know, it's just like one bad apple kind of thing that you just put your head down. Again, am I saying that I would tell my daughter to do that? No, but uh, I, 
that, I, it's, uh, listen, know, it's, it's so it's, hard to say, like, it's understandable. I, and you can't even say this because, and as somebody, I mean, listen, I've written about, I know we've, we're shifting a little bit from Dave Chappelle to me too thing, but like, I've yeah. been on the front lines in, I mean, right. I was at the golden globes when the whole black dress thing, I was right there, like smelling the sweat off of Meryl Streep. Like I was right there <laughs> and it was such a moment and I can acknowledge that, right. I can acknowledge. And unfortunately it's turned into something it's not, but I was wholeheartedly behind it. But at the same time, it's like, this is like the point of this whole thing. It's like, you can't acknowledge two things at once. So it's like, I can acknowledge the cause behind me too. And all that was great and fantastic and needed to happen. But at the same time, and I, I can also acknowledge like some things are minuscule enough, like you're saying, to yeah. just let go. And it's like, if we said that, it's like, <laughs> oh, you can't say no. You I know. And listen, you know? I'm like the biggest standard definition of feminist there is. I believe it at the baseline of what the definition is. I believe that women should be treated equally in every arena as men. I believe in that wholeheartedly. So I self-identify as a feminist, but why I didn't take action in that, it probably had to do with the maturity. It probably had to do with being the youngest in my newsroom at any given point in my career, except toward the very end. You know, you feel threatened by these things. And it's ironic we're talking about this because here we are discussing our experiences as a minority in, in <laughs> respect to where we are and like talking about how we feel hurt about it. And then we're like, how can everybody else feel hurt? But I don't know. It's, it's just, when people are put in that situation, I think it's like, it's, you can never guess how you're going to act. And I would never judge somebody for taking it to the level they do, whether it's legally or, mm-hmm. you know, personally or not doing it. And I think until you've been in that situation, you really can't be like, well, why didn't you report it right away? So you were, you know, assaulted. What? It's just not always that easy. You know what I mean? So I think that's kind of, when I look back, that's just kind of the situation of it. Now, let me say this about the Me Too movement as well. There was one story that stuck out to me. It was like an assault happened at 3 a.m. in a hotel room. Now, what I, again, using the reference about, would I tell my daughter to go to, or would I, would I go to a hotel room at 3 a.m. to a director's room who's known I've, to be a pervert? Yes. I probably, I would probably take the L on the job. I'd be like, uh, we're good. I've but- said that, Sunny, and that is the wrong. You know the- who has said, Ugh. you know who has said this is Pam Anderson has said a similar statement. I've talked oh, about God. this on my show as well. Are and we she got, she got is- blasted though for this very yeah. thing. And there is a point where it's like, okay, at some point, none of it is excusable. Let's just say that. Yes. And none of it is excusable but ever. We're but not supporting also- them. Right. But also on some level, and the essence of what Pam Anderson said is like, okay, is there accountability though on some level of having wherewithal of like, I was with you. I was like, am I going to go meet this creepy dude, dude in a hotel suite? Or am I going to be like, I'll be in the lobby. Okay. Yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, come on. So that is, you know, when it's right. like, again, you can't say that, but well, it's, I'm, you know, I'm saying that I'm saying that I personally wouldn't. I feel like that's okay to say, like, if you would, great. Yes. Should we expect more of men? Yes. Am I doing my best to raise my son and the be influential on the men around me to like do the right thing all the time, no matter how many weird signals you get from a woman, just stay the fuck away. Yes. I am doing all of that. The man, let me just be clear for anyone being triggered out there. The person who's doing the assaulting is always in the wrong. However, I personally would have, wouldn't have made the decision unless my family were starving in a corner and it was my only option to feed them to take this job. I personally, I've been asked to get in, I've been offered promotions to get in a bikini to report live from a hot tub. And I said, I'm good. I got a fucking brain. I got it. I got this. I don't need to get right. in a hot tub. And they're, right. And even now, if someone crossed the line, I would check their ass. You know, it's your own boundaries. And, right. and also, you know, I don't want to say confidence, but wherewithal within yourself to. Right. Well, and it's also like having been burned before, having been treated wrong, having been grabbed and groped and dealt with in ways that I didn't like. And knowing that if I did, for example, get in a bikini in front of this disgusting PA for this sports reporting gig, I probably would be treated like a piece of meat. And I didn't want that for myself at the moment. Now, the girl who went to, on to take the job, did great. She ended up on Survivor. She ended up with her own career. That's awesome. That wasn't for me. That wasn't my path. I knew that if I did that, I would end up in a place where the perception of me wouldn't have been where I wanted to end up at the end of the day. And that's not a knock on her. That's great that she chose that. But like, again, like the accountability that I have to myself is a big part in all of this too. And it is, it is so sticky because the devil's advocate will say, 
well, if you're in a position, say in Hollywood, where a high profile person will jeopardize everything you have and ruin all your connections and make sure you never get work again, what right. are you supposed to do? And it's like, sure, I can acknowledge that too. And again, that goes, it goes for this yeah. whole thing. Nothing is that black, Nothing and, is black white. and white. It's not, and it, mm -mm. it's not this black, it's not black and white. And this is as a woman, as someone who's, like I said, has advocated, I've written, you know, for it, I've written op-eds on it. it. It's, it reminds me of the trans thing because it's like, how do you even navigate being in that group? For example, one time I interviewed Mira Sorvino about this very thing. Now she, and this is where it's like, you have to watch everything you say. And I get it. It's a very sensitive topic, but she's one of the first people who came out. I believe it was against Quentin Tarantino. Mm -hmm. um, and she has been a face of the Me Too movement. So I had asked her, this was not that long ago. It was right kind of before COVID. And I had, I had asked her on, you know, now in hindsight, seeing all of this play out, do you wish that you had spoken out sooner? And she just completely lost her mind. She walked away from me. She told me she felt like she was being gaslit. And this is where you, even as a woman who supports this cause and is trying to have a conversation about it, you can't say or do the right thing. And she just got so completely um, defensive. Like I said, saying, you know, saying that she thought that I was, you know, gaslighting her. And then this is, you know, another truth of it that it's, you can't acknowledge, which is this person and R. Kelly, a Harvey Weinstein, they are never in their right mind going to come out and be like, I did it guys. Unfortunately, sometimes it does take, you know, the women to come forward. And it's like, and that's the essence of what I was trying to get at. Right. 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 And, um, and she just said like, the onus is the responsibility is never on the victim. But what it's I was true. kind of getting we at is, of course not. But what I was getting right. at is, well, it just go round and round then, right? Because these people. So my point yeah. is, it's like, it's also, um, it, it's how do you even, it's like a landmine. Like you can't even. It's, it's like, you can't even open your mouth. Like I, I won't yeah. open my mouth on most things because I, it's, uh, God, it's like intersectionality is sort of the new standard definition for your ability to even enter into an argument. So for example, a lot of people these days say, unless you are the minority, the subgroup, the group of people being discussed, you shouldn't even have an opinion. So part of, let's just dissect this because this is interesting to me. I get really annoyed when I hear men who are super pro-life, just shitting all over pro-choice people as if they are running out to get pregnant and then cartwheeling into the abortion clinic. Right. Cause I'm like, what, you know, cause I feel like you're a man. Have you ever been in a position where someone has had to make a decision outside of you with what you need to do with your body? No. So don't even talk about it. So I've been on that side before I've been in the subgroup of people who was like, uh, you shouldn't be talking about this. Then I look at it on the other hand and I say, huh, well, that would disqualify everybody from talking about everything for the rest of all time. So you can't be, you can't be on that. You can't be on that side, I feel. But it, it's so interesting. I followed this guy um, on Instagram. And he was commenting on the Dave Chappelle thing too. And he said, here's my opinion. It's this simple. Unless you are a part of the trans community, you don't get to say whether or not this was offensive, which I was kind of like, I saw, okay. I saw a comment that said that this morning yeah. because the actress Jamila Jamil had written about it saying she stands with the people at Netflix. And I wrote a comment on the post and there were a lot of people saying in the same vein as me, which is, you know, you missed the point. Did you watch it? Did you, you miss the point? The whole point is him talking about how counterproductive bullying someone, right. you know, who has a different thought than you is, even if it's someone like in the trans community again, I would never, I said this right. way up on it. I would never tell a trans person how to feel about it. And your point is, it is funny because we're here talking about women, how we feeling, how we feel in situations and talking about it. But to that point, setting something I had addressed is by that logic, then can you only make an observation, a, a, an opinion or a joke about your own kind. So by that I, logic, can, can Dave Chappelle only joke about black men then? Like, and then, and then how that boring, doesn't make sense. How right? narrow would that be? Like how 100%. narrow would his art become? Right. Because, you know, part of the beauty, especially of that form of creative expression is looking at the world through someone else's eyes with humor. Like that's a beautiful thing to be able to do. In fact, it's a lot, I would argue that comedy is the gateway for 
for people's probably big personal breakthroughs and revelations about how they felt about big touchy topics before, right? Because when you can make the entree point a little fun and a little silly and a little lighthearted, then you're more likely. It's like the old saying, you get more with honey than you do with lemon. Uh, Yes. And that's why, again, like I would never say, you know, as a trans, you should feel this way, lady. Like I'm never going to say that, but he was on to something. And that was, this is why I feel so passionately about it because right now all these messages are so inflammatory and it's like, Oh, like just get off of my, like, stop yelling at me. And comedy is the way to, to bring levity and make people think right at the same Mm -hmm. time. So it is a slippery slope. Like if we start, you know, losing sight of that, I think that's just Dangerville. Like that's not where we want to be. I agree. All that being said, let's end this by saying I fully support the trans community. <laughs> I have to just get that in, like, because God, like, I wouldn't even know what it's like to operate in the greater world feeling like such, like, so many things were being judged about you. So are I will say that. You. I can't even are imagine. Against you. Oh, I can't no. even imagine that. I can't even imagine having to come out as being gay. Never mind feeling like a different, you know, gender. So I completely, you know, empathize. Um, my issue is with the, like his point he made about the harassing and the bullying from say his trans friend and friend, and this is one person's experience, but her own community, like the, and, and it's what we've talked about earlier, funny enough, like the whole idea of, you know, liberal ideas and all different ideas brought to the table, but it's like, no, we're going to harass the shit out of you. Even if you are one of us until you literally hate yourself, if you don't agree. And that to me it's is so like ca- what is it's so horrible. scary. It's, yeah. Yes. It's counterproductive and it's proof that you can never hundred percent be on the right side of the equation all the time. So what the hell are we doing? Shutting everybody up. The answer to, to me is more talk, not less talk. That's just my thing. I mean, I don't think you get anywhere. You get nowhere by feeling muzzled and stifled. And I think it says a lot about where our world and our society, American society, especially as as the country that represented, represents allegedly free speech to the rest of the world and democracy and equity and equal rights. What does it say about where we're headed that we're, we're stifling our own honest and respectful debate. I don't think it gets us anywhere. This does not pertain to people who are saying shitty things, right? This pertains to people who are bringing legitimate beliefs and concerns to the table. Like, I think we need more. I don't think we need less. So with that said, because I want to lastly with you get into something we both are very vocal about, which is sexualization of women, particularly young women, you know, Instagram Mm -hmm. model, that whole thing, like triggered, but you guys know if you listened to my episode yesterday. Okay. Um, and this is coming from somebody who was in playboy and this shit still has me triggered. Like the limit does not exist (laughs) of the triggering, but before I pivot to that, Sunny, um, as a parent, because you're saying more talk, more talk, you have three kids under nine, a boy and two girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, here, okay. So here's an example of this, right? So two examples, at least in the celebrity realm, um, who did what you said and had more talk and got blasted, uh, JK Rowling and JK mm-hmm. Rowling in a nutshell, her whole thing has been like, listen, I don't care what you do. She even had a tweet dress. However you like, call yourself, whatever you like sleep with whoever you want. But her whole idea is don't take away my birthrights as a biological woman. Like do that. Like so many things that we fought for as women, right. Which I agree with. And then also, in addition, you have Mario Lopez, who literally said, I'm not in the vein of, um, if you have a young kid, like a toddler choosing their sex, and then you choose to run with that, that's dangerous. Like they're still developing there. And he had to come out and apologize because he was called ignorant. Now, as a parent of young kids, I I have thoughts. Okay. Let's discuss. Let's talk about this. Okay. Where should we start? Let's start with the Mario Lopez thing. Um, This is interesting. Last year, I did a whole week about kids and gender, and I interviewed multiple moms, three, in fact, who's, well, two, I should say, on the podcast, whose children identify as trans. And in one case, new at a very young age. Um, I think for someone, certainly me before I had those conversations on the outside of that existence, right? Because I was born my sex is female, my gender in my head. I felt female. I'm sure you have this experience too, or many people who identify as, as how they identify. I've always known, like I knew I had a feminine energy. I, you, you just know that as a young person, who you are inside. So 
I think before I had that conversation, I would probably have kind of nodded my head and be like, yeah, I think three is young. Um, you know, for someone to be telling you, like, how does a three-year-old know, like, who they are on the inside? And then I talk to these moms, and it's very clear, especially after you have children, how your children are who they are, literally straight out of your womb and vagina. Like, your children, when you have them someday, if you do, I know want so to. In- yes. But I'm we'll scared know- in this world to bring them into this world. Well, you know, you raise them as the type of person you are, which is open-minded, yeah. seeking of information, curious. They know who they are is the point, right? So uh-huh. I can see now after talking again, and this is after exposing myself to people whose children identified in that way. I see now like, okay, yeah, kids actually do know inside their mind, gender, who they are. Now, would I personally make the decision to let my child change biologically transition. That's a whole separate thing. And I think that's yeah. what he was referring to. Yes. I yes. Think, you know, and like three, God, probably, I, I probably would have a really hard time putting my kids on puberty block. Three? Sunny, or not three, I'm, and like I'm at talking, nine. <laughs> Sunny, I'm talking like 15. I mean, you don't yeah. even have boobs yet. Like you I don't mean, even, I like, you haven't even kissed insane. a boy. Like that to me, and the fact that he had to apologize as ignorant, it's like, Okay. Okay. But now this is where the wokeism goes so far, because is this in the best interest? Like, and you're a mom, I mean, what, you know, messing with their, well, I, I would have, yeah, I would have a yeah. hard time with that. I personally would. And I, I think many parents probably do who even let their kids do that. I would have a hard time with it. I don't know where I would land. I feel like, you know, this one mom who's, I interviewed her, her, her daughter, born daughter transitioned. And then transition back this is exactly oh, the issue that's, that i got. hate those stories where they change their mind and then they regret it they change their mind they're yeah they transition in some way yeah. now where she landed i don't know as far as like self her self-identifying process but this is the exact issue and we I mentioned the blocked and reported podcast where journalist katie herzog got canceled because she did a whole feature piece in a seattle newspaper about detransitioners not saying that they what? were the, wait yes, but she oh was gosh. canceled for that for and like these are fully, true totally engulfed in flames. You've got to listen to this podcast. If you're in these are the true whole, stories. Like, yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, good you know, Lord. and so she, um, because people perceive if you, if you, you have to acknowledge the existence of this group of people, if they're a subset of one group and they're coming out and telling their stories, people are getting angry that she's featuring them or she, it makes it seem like people who know Anti- what they're doing transition are wrong. Yes, yes. And it's to me, it's not, I mean, they can both exist. You can have people very happy with the fact that they transition and you can have people not happy with the fact that they did. I don't know why we don't allow that duality to exist. It's again, back to the decision or to the explanation of black and white. So like, that's the danger in it, right? Like you'll never find anyone saying, oh, no one should ever transition. Or on the other hand, like everybody should be like, no, it's like, it's in the details. It's in the personal experience of that individual. Sunny, journalism is becoming so warped. And I thought about this with you as soon as we sat down. Network news, I know you're sort of like departed from that world, but it is very much still like in a box with this example. It's like you're canceled mm-hmm. for rep- reporting on a fucking news story. Like, yeah. do you worry about that? Does that I mean, suck? for yes. you personally, like for you personally and your, rep- oh. rep- your reputation. Oh, like about going back into news ever? I'd be just yes. totally screwed. Yes, <laughs> I mean, actually, I hope I wouldn't. I feel like if a person took any time to listen to a representative body of my work or my, my perception of things, there's, there's nothing inflammatory or like offensive. About I feel it. the same. Very, yeah. I feel you know, the like, same about my, yeah. So yeah, I would hope, yeah. I mean, I don't have plans to get back into that world, but I think media is trending in this direction anyway, where people are looking for more nuance. People aren't looking, yeah. going to continue to look for one end of the spectrum or the other. I would hope that there's I think this is part of the world you're creating in this digital space too. I I would hope that there's places for people like us to land who float back and forth between those ends of the spectrum or land in the middle somewhere, because that to me is where most of humanity is. Okay. Before we pivot lastly to women, because we have to get into this sexualization, plastic Mm -hmm. surgery, um, the California governor, my stand up grand old guy, Gavin Newsom, like what a guy. Okay. So as a mom, Sonny thoughts on his man mandate, I guess, if you want to call it on gender neutral sections and toy stores, woke to woke going broke. What you don't care. What, what's, uh, I mean, 
Oh, I oh, guess she let up. She let out the grunt. She let out the grunt. Oh, it's like God. It's like when you know the tidal wave is coming for you. Um, I don't give a shit either. I, I don't think you should. Ma- I don't think you should <laughs> mandate anything. Let your kids be who the hell they are. Like, okay, I don't care if my daughter goes into. I don't care that there's a boy section because guess what? Stereotypes exist with genders because there are truths, and all it takes is raising a human being to understand. It's like what I said before. Intrinsically, typically, people born with a penis have certain things. Not all the time. This isn't for everyone. Have certain things that define the way they play. Just like people born with vaginas, i.e., girls have certain ways of play that are different from boys. I'm okay with acknowledging that there are two. In fact, I think it's a beautiful co like even like if you look at it from an energetic perspective we need difference to exist do i think there needs to be gender neutral no walk a kid over to the boy section if she's a girl walk i don't think everything needs to come on from hot from high above like you don't need to tell me that i can walk my princess loving daughter into the lego section i get it we're good don't spend money on it we're good we know this already like and it's interesting because it's like putting into place these things that people I feel like if you're an open mind person, you you already know. I mean, I did an episode on this back when the Mr. Potato, the androgynous potato head f- situation, oh, but I it's that it. idea. Yes. And it's that idea, which is like, again, is it not counterintuitive because aren't we supposed to celebrate our differences? Like if I had a little boy one day and he is having a grand old time in an Elsa frozen dress, I will be like, here is your okay. tiara. Like have the fuck at it. But like, do I need, do I need, a, I might as well go to the grocery at the farmer's market and get him a, a, a potato to play. Like, do I, what is the point? You know, like it's, are, it's in, yeah, I feel like it's insulting and it's, it's a waste of money. Maybe spend money on programs that educate, you know, educate kids about, you know, gender differences. I, I don't know. You, you don't need to, you don't need to tell people it doesn't all need to come. Like I said, from a high above, like we don't need government telling us how we need to usher our kids through a target. Like I got it. Spend your money no. elsewhere. <laughs> I can't. I I really can't. Okay. Lastly, a moment of reflection. And I want your take on this in real time, because I had this, this whole, like come to Jesus moment. Okay. So I did a whole episode this week talking about how, what set it off for me is I saw an Instagram model, like a quintessential Instagram model. Let me preface this by saying, I don't want to be too hard on them. Okay. I feel like I don't, I don't want to knock their hustle, but <laughs> like, again, I have been in playboy. Like I am all for freedom of expression, yes. especially for yes. women. Okay. Let's establish that. But at the same time, Sunny, I mean, this was a slideshow that was purposefully like perfectly curated. Like, I think it was like, you know, under boob and ass at one point she's like standing under a shower. And she has a whole lengthy caption though, to go with it about mental health and panic attacks and self-harm. And as someone who is also, I am all about liberating women to do what they want to do, but I'm also about taking care of your mental health because mine is like a torture chamber of broken dreams. (laughs) But what does this have any business going with each other now? I point this out because I do it in, it's such as again, slippery slope, because if you point out anything like this, you're anti-women, right? Just like mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis going on lately, which I loved about her talking about plastic surgery, how it's detrimental, right. erasing beauty. Now, here's where I thought to myself, am I being a hypocrite? Because me calling out this woman saying, is this really helping women or are you feeding you know, mm-hmm. this perpetuating toxic narrative. mental health cycle of women right. and their self-image. And I thought to myself, but Taylor, you calling out this woman, isn't this like the trans people calling out Dave Chappelle to help other trans people? I was like, I oh, know. So we need to ah, show ah, fuck up, Taylor. We ah, have been sco- <laughs> like, is it the so, same thing? The whole point of. is guys, pretty much erase everything we said at this podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, I, it is, I, you know, and, and again, like, the beauty and the growth is in the conversation. It might be. Some people might say like, what right do you have? You you post in Playboy, you profited off. I mean, maybe not like tons of money or whatever. You profited in a lot of ways off of that exposure. But yeah. So I get what you're saying because I, I think about the stuff all the time too, being a woman operating in a world obsessed with image. I mean, here's my take on it. Is it annoying when Emily Ratajkowski is like with her perfect breasts and her tiny waist after a kid being like, I'm a feminist and I can do that any way I want to, even half naked. Is it annoying a little bit? Yeah, but you know what? I got to respect. I got to respect. That's her way of coming at it. I got to block, unfollow, whatever, mute. Um, 
it, it can be counterproductive, I think, to get on and bemoan the standards that were held to when your picture is embodying those very unhealthy standards. Yes. But I don't know. It's not how I would handle it. It's not how I would handle it. It's not like it's, if I'm going to talk about something that has to do with mental health, I probably won't be showing my, my breasts. It's but just like, like, like I said, read, I can't read the room it. guys, read yeah, the room. I, but I is it, is it inherently, I mean, see for us, like it's, it puts us in a tricky position, right? Because like, where's the line? Like, is it anti-women do? And, and part of me is like, do we, and I put this on Instagram yesterday and it goes for Jamie Lee Curtis as well. Like does supporting women mean supporting everything they do always like, and I don't, you know, I don't like looking at this post I right. saw, I can say as a woman, I think that's ridiculous and it's not going to help other women. So right. does it mean just shutting up and like supporting it wholeheartedly, no matter what? Like, I don't think so. I, I hate, a, I hate plenty of women. <laughs> kidding there are some women that like, did some really, bad shit no. to me no no I don't hate plenty of women but listen I, I don't like every woman that I come across women have been actually the source of the greatest stress and joy in my life ironically even as a straight woman the biggest pain that I've encountered has has actually not the biggest all the time but but been from women so I don't blindly support any individual but I think it comes from shifting your perspective and everything we've been saying this whole time so, but looking at that person not as a woman but as an individual like so she might not represent everything that I believe or she might not take the approach of exposing herself to the world like I do but in that case rather than engage in a troll unhealthy way I just got to switch it off and move on and be like listen this is like you said that's her hustle that's her game that's how she's going to move move through the world right. I can I've really had to teach myself to like shut down move on and walk away no I don't think it means blindly supporting everything you know I I'm laughing to myself thinking I listen to the bitch bible podcast all the time and Jack Schimmel was always like like women supporting like no I don't women can be just because petty, you have a vagina yes women they can be the petty as fuck and, and yes and pe yes. they're petty as fuck and they are the I'm actually shooting a podcast later today about women in the workplace and how they will like torture you until you hate yourself like, right but again it's like can we not acknowledge this because it's anti-women and i said the same thing in my women are bitches that, sometimes like we're right. bitches like i'm not we're all guilty of it like men can be like that too but can we be honest for, men are not like us like it's okay and it's beautiful like they're just yes women can be awful like it, katie current coming out talking about how she all but sabotaged ashley banfield's career like not not sabotage, but she like fully did not support her or welcome her at the Today Show when she was a rising star. Why? Because women can be bitchy. Like it's okay to acknowledge that. Not all women and not all the time, but usually like, like we can't, why does sorority hazing exist as like a stereotypical, like mean girl thing? Because it's real. Because people are shitty toward each other. People I mean, with I've vaginas are shitty toward each other. I've said this before, but it's like, my issue with it is that they turn around and point their fingers at men for everything. And they're like, the fuck? Like, they're like, I'm over here scratching my balls watching that. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying it's like, okay, at some point, and this goes into this whole thing, which is like, you can't say anything. And talking about, you know, us convulsing and sweating earlier in my episode this week, I said something similar to what you just said, which is some of them are these, like the IG models, right? Are legitimate, make a living, not going to knock their hustle. And I said in my episode, it doesn't mean like, I, I, I'm not going to have it on my feet and I'm not going to consume it. It doesn't, I, I'm a confident as fuck woman. It's not like it makes me insecure. I just don't like it. I don't like the narrative it feeds into. Right. And I thought about it and uh, was overthinking it for the last three days being like, was that mean of me to say? Was that, and that's the culture know, it's, it's creating. It's like, you we need to free anything. ourselves from that truly. I mean, especially as women who have so many expectations on us already as, as uh, you know, in the business world, as mothers, as partners, as wives, we need to free ourselves from every fucking chain we can. So let's make the point right now. I'm, I'm going to break that chain. Like you live your life as you want to, as a woman, or if you identify as a woman, I think that's wonderful and beautiful. I don't think it needs means that I need to, or any individual needs to inherently support you based alone on what your genitalia is or what your identifying gender is. I It's okay. I'll we'll always be nice to each other. But like I said, am I going to show up talking about mental health with my areola out? Probably not. And that's okay. You know, I love like, a good body reference. Sunny will be like <laughs> the labia. I was like, by the way, Sunny is a MILF. And before we hopped on, hopped on, Sunny was talking about how she's had a plastic, like Botox, little stuff like oh, that. So were you offended by, were you, <laughs> I'm dead right now. Has 
uh, did what Jamie Lee Curtis say offend you? Because I've said no. similar sentiments as well, which is like, can we be happy and content with what you got? Is it like she said, erasing natural beauty? So right. Were you offended? I mean, I think about that. No, I'm not offended. I think that's great that she thinks that. And I think at one point I'll probably stop with Botox and the fillers and lean into it. I mean, I'm not like Every, there every week. I have a really great schedule with a dermatologist slash injector who's really conservative. I love it. I, it gives me joy to for you, feel Sunny. Be about, about it. Yes, be about right? it. And it's okay. Yes. Everyone, I have friends yes. who like refuse Botox. I love it. I'll probably lean into the natural look one day. It does not make me less intelligent. It doesn't make me less, you know, of a human being that I shoot my face full of botulinum toxin. It doesn't like I can maybe can't express myself in the same way, but I have fewer wrinkles and that makes me happy. Just like it makes the girl happy to show her underboot when she's talking about anxiety. Like you do you, I'll do me. I just I'm think it's unhealthy. When, right. Exactly. I'll be over here with my frozen face. So it's all good. I feel, I do not feel judged. I feel like I'm a pretty good. awesome fucking person. <laughs> I love somebody who is about it. Like, I don't care if I agree, disagree. If you are about it, like go ahead. Lastly, Sunny though, lastly, okay. the one and the only the, you know, whether you love her, you hate her, the Candace Owens, she talks about this a lot. And she talks about this Instagram model culture. And I agree. And I disagree because I agree where she's like, like, what am I even watching? Like, is this just straight up porn all the time? Like what is happening? But on the other side of that coin, she argues that women devaluing themselves like this creates men to devalue them. And that's why no one respects them. And it's why they're not settling down or getting married. Now, as someone with two young daughters, is there merit in that? Like, um, cause the I, argument is if you don't respect yourself sexually, how do you expect a man to, right? So what do you I, think about that? I'd say what makes the difference there is when the rubber meets the road. Can you show up sexy on Instagram, but yet not go out and like be sleeping with everybody? Yeah. Like, you know, so I think the, the devaluing comes with back to how we've talked about at work, how you treat yourself. So can my daughter one day maybe show up in the world being like a sexy version of herself and still respect herself to not get into a bad relationship, still know what her boundaries are, still pick a great guy? Yeah. So I think, again, I think that makes women seem stupid when we when we boil it down to that simple argument, that 50s housewife, you're only going to be worthy to. First of all, I don't give a fuck who I'm worthy to. Like the right person will find you and you will find the right person when you have a level of self-confidence and you have kindness and compassion and all of that. So I think that oversimplifies it. Do I get it? Sure. It's like your mom would say like, or at least my mom would be like, you know, don't like move in with a guy because why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? You know, like, I do think there's some truth to some of these like old aphorisms of like, you do have to keep a little bit back. Sometimes you can't just lay it all out there all the time. But I think her argument kind of oversimplifies the thing. And I do think you can be a quote unquote sexy person in a public persona or in some way and still be a really worthy, self-aware person who's going to attract a great person to your life. Period. Period. King, baby. <laughs> okay, Sunny, I have to let you go, but I went way over our time, but I don't give a shit because I'm like, <laughs> we are both straight. Let's make out. Like, don't you guys love her? I love her. Sunny, where, where can we find We Gotta Talk? Um, just any podcast app, just search We Gotta Talk. It says with Sunny in the title too. Um, we Gotta Talk.com at the blog and on Instagram at Sunny Abata, which is S-O-N-N-I-A-B-A-T-T-A. Gender neutral name before gender neutral names were cool, baby. Vintage 1981 boy name. So there you go. Love it. Sunny, thank you. We will take our makeout session offline <laughs> and you all will have FOMO too bad.